Hi, this is Pastor John. We are thinking about the mysteries of God's love for the world, the world that he made and its redemption that cost him his only son. Of course, this redemption begins with the incarnation of his son. After today's service, I had some parishioners share that they were struck by verse 4 of our hymn of the day, Let all together praise our God, LSB 389. This verse captures so well the purpose of Jesus' coming in the flesh. He, Jesus, undertakes a great exchange, puts on our human frame, and in return gives us his realm, his glory, and his name. His glory and his name. Like Simeon of old, who faithfully waited for his Savior, and was rewarded by seeing and holding his Maker and Redeemer in his arms. May you so trust in God that you might place your whole life and death into the hands of your gracious Savior. Merry Christmas. I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast this past year. May you have a blessed new year. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Well, we are at that first Sunday after Christmas and we can ask the question, how do we best understand Christmas? I was doing some errands in Alliance and just a couple days ago. And I overheard one person out in the community talk about Christmas. And it was in a bank. It was a drive-thru. And um, the, the uh, teller is talking to a customer and she said, you know, it didn't really feel like Christmas this year. And it made me wonder why this person uh, said this. Um, was it perhaps... Uh, because the city of Alliance didn't get as much snow, you know, as Hyannis uh, this past week, uh, because perhaps it didn't really have a quote-unquote white Christmas. You know, I, I don't know for sure. There are a number of wonderful ways to understand Christmas. Some of them are, you know, it's just simply saccharine, um, childish, really. But others are sweet and good and wholesome. Perhaps the the simplest and the best is laid out in the prayer for the day. So I'm going to ask you to open up your bulletin and let's take a look at that prayer. The prayer of the day, the collect of the day. And it, it runs as follows. O God, our maker and redeemer, you wonderfully created us and in the incarnation of your son, yet more wondrously restored our human nature. Grant that we may ever be alive in him who made himself to be like us. So, two of the great mysteries of God get mentioned in this prayer. He made us, and then more mysteriously, he redeemed us at the cost of his own son. So let's take a look at those two mysteries in this prayer, and then let's connect them, let's tie them together, and then 
will make an application for our lives. The first, is, the first mystery is God made us, and that's in the prayer. Uh, oh God, our maker. Now this, this, world is, this world is really messed up. Poverty, weariness, sickness, the frailty of old age, a war, disasters, and finally for every one of us, death. It wasn't supposed to be this way. The garden of God, the garden which God placed us was filled with life and goodness, and it was we were supposed to live in joy forever. But sin changed everything. You could say sin ruined that. So Mary, in, in our reading today, our gospel reading, Mary and Joseph, they bring two turtle doves because they were poor. Simeon is about to die. Anna was widowed for many years. And Jesus came for them all, and our eyes have also seen God's salvation because he came for us as well. Now, God made this world, and he loves this world, and he was grieved when it fell into sin and into decay. It was not what he wanted for his creation, and rather than destroying it, as was his right, he did something remarkable and beautiful. He came into it to save it, and he loved it. And now we come to our second mystery mentioned in the prayer. He redeemed us at the cost of his own son. O oh God, our Redeemer, the prayer goes. So the Lord had made a strange and wonderful promise to a man called Simeon about his coming into the world to save it. In verse 25 from Luke 2, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The old man Simeon, he was about to experience the, uh, the sharpest of sin's blow, death. He was old, worn out. But God had made him a promise that before he would draw his last breath, he would see the Savior of whom Isaiah and the other prophets have spoken of. The light for the Gentiles, the salvation of his people, Israel. And so he waited. And he waited to see and he waited to die. I can only imagine that sometimes he did not want to see that child. <laughs> it would mean that he lived another day. But eventually the days and their endless progressions would grow weary for anyone who endures this broken and, entire, and tired world. And he longed for the day when he would see that promised Messiah. And finally, the day came. Verse 27, and he came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, and we're going to 
weight on the rest of the reading. But let's just focus in on Simeon and the young couple. The young couple carried a little boy, barely a month old, into the temple for the rite of purification. And God prompted Simeon to see that child and rejoice. It was the Messiah he beheld that day, the creation that had lain in bondage to sin so long would see its redemption in him, and Simeon could die in peace. The promise had been fulfilled, and now even death did not seem so bad. It wasn't permanent, you see. The Messiah would even undo that terrible reality. So let's tie the two mysteries together. And that comes in that middle portion of the prayer of the day. You wonderfully created us and in the incarnation of your son, yet more wondrously restored our human nature. So he made us and then more mysteriously, he redeemed us at the cost of his own son. There are two extremes here to avoid, and this, this prayer really helps us, this understanding, these two mysteries really tied together, really help us to avoid these two extremes, uh, these two following extremes. The first extreme is this one. Our human pride says, well, of course, who would not want to save someone like me? I'm okay. You know, that's kind of the spirit of the times. That's the, the zeitgeist uh, but that expression of the spirit of the time simply means we have closed our eyes to so much of reality. Um, we're not okay. And it's a mystery why God would do what he did. So that's one extreme. And the second extreme is, is this, that Jesus's redemption is wasted on a place um, like this world. Jesus' redemption was wasted on this place. It did not work. This, this world is a hopeless place. This too is a blindness, even more profound than that glib blindness of those who imagine that they are really okay. So we need to avoid these two extremes. And the way out of them is is in this connection. The babe born in a manger came to save the world that he made. The babe born in that manger came to save the world that he made. God's presence in the temple in today's readings is because he treasures that first creation. You know, all of it, even though it's twisted and and warped by sin. And like Simeon, our eyes today are drawn back and forward at the same time by his birth. Jesus has come into the flesh of this world to redeem the flesh of this world. It once lived in a perfect state, without blemish, without flaw, without hurt or pain, without death, and that was the way that God had wanted it. Servants were never supposed to depart at all 
This child brings that back to us as it brought it back to Simeon. We hope now, you see, we believe. The world cannot pierce death's gloom uh, to see the other side. It imagines and it fears, but it cannot see. We have been given the sight, a sight of what is to come. And a secret is what we look, is that we look back We look back at a time when the world was not broken, before sin, before the fall, to a garden where peace and joy and love marked all. And we come now to the last portion. And this is our application, really, of the prayer. Grant that we may ever be alive in him who made himself to be like us. See, Jesus has restored our human nature to us. Our, our culture, our human, our culture quite often wants to say that sin is what makes us human. But this prayer assumes that sin dehumanizes us. It makes us less human. Our culture has sometimes grown far too comfortable with the sinner. We have said that it is normal, acceptable, and we, okay, so we will rail against, you know, gross, uh, the gross sinner, the abuser, the the deviant, the murderer, but we will mm, shrug off the rest. It's just the way we are. We too, we have too often lost the, the ability, the imaginative ability to hear what it is that Jesus has done and restoring a true and a full humanity in us, to us. Heaven is not where we are less human, but where we are finally fully human. Herb and Louise uh, had married during the Great Depression, lived through some, as you can imagine, some tumultuous times in their life together. Louise's health was failing, but Herb in his 80s was spry and active. Herb had uh, worked for the railroad initially as a fireman um, on a massive steam locomotive which brought coal over a mountain pass. He had retired from operating locomotives for for the world's largest open pit copper mine. It was, in some respects, a life lived large. Herb also broke some of the stereotypes of what you might imagine for a railroad engineer. Uh, His pastor related this story, and he said that Herb had read Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire, and he wanted to talk about it, knowing that his pastor had studied some of the classical languages. Now, Herb turned out to be the best reader the pastor um, had and ever had, reading eloquently. He was clearly reading a Bible which was familiar to him and which spoke to him. What everyone knew of Herb and and Louise was that they were just simply delightful people who were wise and kind and loving This was true when they found it easy to be like that and when it was hard. We pray, so we pray in this prayer 
And we're going to pray it in just a moment together to conclude. We pray in this prayer that we may ever be alive in Christ who made himself to be like us. And when you pray this prayer, you can think of Herb and Louise, faithfully married, full of humor and compassion, and even when their own bodies were failing them. You probably know someone like this, whose life gives you a picture of Jesus. And they were not perfect people, but they were perfectly forgiven. And they believed it. Both uh, Herb and Louise have passed away, but they're not dead. The Christ who came became like them has also made them like himself. He has risen from death, lives, and reigns to all eternity. They are alive in him. And we pray that God would grant us the same gift to be alive in Christ all our days and forever. So let's stand. Let's open up our bulletins to the prayer of the day. And we pray again this prayer. O God, our maker and redeemer, you wonderfully created us and in the incarnation of your son, yet more wondrously restored our human nature. Grant that we may ever be alive in him who made himself to be like us through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.